You're looking live at beautiful downtown Medora, North Dakota. Well, at least in my section. Mark's back in the cities. I'm in North Dakota on a little trip. But uh, this is Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Welcome to you all. I'm Joe Oberle, senior uh, senior writer for VikingsTerritory.com and ProPTSD.com. And that's Mark Craig. Uh, Vikings writer and NFL insider for the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, how you doing? Uh, you've 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 been to camp. How's it going there so far? Is it hot and and sticky and and wonderful? A Thursday was as hot as I think I can remember ever being standing at a practice, uh, at least uh, in Minnesota. There was one where Dante Culpepper got traded to the to the Dolphins and. Went down to spent some time in Miami's camp in July. That was uh, I'll never complain about the heat here again. But uh, yeah, so Joe, you, you're going golf. The Vikings are, are going to be on the field and they're going to be hitting each other today in, in full pads with little like you know uh, sofas on top of their helmets so they don't bump too hard. And you're golfing. You're going to miss all of that. Yeah, it's too bad. I'm going to play the Bully Pulpit course tomorrow. Uh, we're out here at Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, national park uh place my wife wanted to visit for a long time and so we're we're out here looking at the badlands and we had a we had a bison come running up to us uh just 20 feet 20 yards away yesterday which was kind of fun he just well, came up to check us out I, I saw pat williams the other day so it's kind of like seeing a bison so. <laughs> pat looked good you know he looked good uh he might have even slimmed down a little bit but uh yeah uh, Chris nice. Carter and Pat Williams were at the training camp. Well, speaking of the defensive line, uh, the Vikings made some news this week. In fact, yesterday, uh, Sunday, More. they snuck in, snuck in a yes, uh, yeah. uh, snuck in a uh, signing of Daniil Hunter, something we've all been waiting for. Uh, it's a big deal. It's uh, uh, they finally got it done. I think everybody, all the purple faithful throughout the the land were holding their breath on this one, but Daniel's deal is done and it's one year for 17 million and 3 million in incentives. Mark, what do you think of that? Those parameters of the deal? Well, 17 million guaranteed and then the 3 million based on some sack tolls. I'm sure it's kind of, you know, I'm not sure what his cap number ended up being, but his cap number was going to be 13 million. Um, I'm guessing 17 now because maybe that the incentives are unlikely to be earned, something like that. Uh, you know, Daniil had him over a barrel. Daniil had all the power, and Daniil won. And, uh, you know, the Vikings had no other choice. But if they would have traded him, uh, I would imagine if they would have gotten enough, to, if they would have got a first-round pick for him, which they they nobody would give him a first-rounder for him. Right. Uh, they'd start thinking, okay, maybe we can build some, some ammo to get a quarterback next year in the first round. But uh, if you're if you're worried about this year's team, this is what Quasey had to do. Uh, Daniil had all the power. Um, uh, I suppose they could have made him just sit, but they would have just been hurting themselves. Unlike Kendricks, unlike uh, Peterson, Dalvin, uh, Zadarius, even uh, this is a guy that you you can't do what you say you're going to do without him, because uh, Davenport on the other side would not be. Uh, couldn't realize his potential without Daniil, and you wouldn't have Daniil. So Daniil wins, and the in 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 the Vikings can afford it. So, and then in the end, I guess the Vikings 2023 win. Uh, uh, Brian Flores has got to be happy, right? Extremely happy. I mean, that's uh, 
you know, these schemes and everything and being Brian Flores, who's an outstanding coach, none of that means anything unless you can't rush the passer and cover. And, right. You know, and you can't cover unless you rush the, rush the passer. So uh, this, this is as, uh, as Jeff Diamond, you know, was talking about last week. You know, you need to kneel in there because your corners are so, um, you know, there's question marks. I'm not saying they're bad because they may prove to be young and, and very talented and durable, but um, you need to kneel for that to even have a chance to work. Speaking of uh, Jeff, we we kind of talked a, a little bit about this whole scenario last week. Mark, what do you think of the timing? Is was this a contentious negotiations? Is this what we expected all along for it to pop right here as they got to training camp? Because Daniel was a hold in. He was at practice, but he wasn't in the. I should say he was at camp, but he wasn't on the field. And um, what do you think? Uh, given you know what the uh, the whole idea was behind it. Do you think uh, is it a concern going forward as he's an unrestricted free agent next year and we'll be right back here doing it again? Where, where do you think uh, emotionally this this thing comes down? Well, I think you can't look at next year. Because if you looked at 2024, not only is Daniel a free agent, but the other guy that's going to be starting for you is a free agent too because Davenport's only on a one-year $13 million mm. deal. So you're good for this year, um, but you may not be very good for next year. And – if Kirk play, if they do well and Kirk plays well, you got to pay Kirk. Uh, Justin Jefferson is, is going to be getting paid, so Daniel could be looking at his last year with the Vikings. But I think at this point, you know, if you let that situation get up to July 31st or July 30th, um, you can't worry about next year. I mean, the time to worry about next year would have been like trading Daniel around draft time and, and going out and getting a, uh, not only Davenport but getting another edge rusher, because uh, while DJ Wonham and Pat Jones are, are good complimentary players, and one of them might end up, you know, being in the nickel package rushing as part of that rush package. But as a starter, um, the kind of red rusher you need, they just aren't they just aren't that, you know. So, uh, you know, for long term, this is not good. But right now, it's you got to worry about it. Where they're at now, you got to worry about this year. So you say you think Daniel won. You say he's happy, and and maybe does he then? I wonder what he. I know you don't know this, but what, where his mentality is? Uh, does he want to maybe then take this contract, have a great season, and maybe you know continue, you know, come back next year and 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 try to negotiate something? But he's gonna he's gonna be a, you know they can't tag him, so he'll be a UFA, so he can look around next year. But I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, he spent his whole career here. I wonder if he wants to continue uh, that. That won't mean anything. He wants to have a big year. I mean, you know, he wants to win. You know, he's No one wants to have a big year and then go, you know, win three games. Uh, he wants to have a big year, and then he wants to have one last Grand Slam deal. And I don't think he would – I honestly don't think he would he cares. If they can't afford him here, he'll go somewhere else. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not going to be any – well, you know, I'll take. I think he's proven that <laughs> he's proven that uh, that deal he didn't. This is the third time they've had to read had to tinker and and hammer right. away at this deal he signed in 2018. Uh, I don't think it was contentious. I think it was just uh, the the cost of doing business and and the fact that he did a hold in, uh, didn't ask for you know to be traded. Um, I think that they explored trades. They listened to trades and. 
uh, if they would have gotten the right deal and, and maybe because I know that, you know, you know, they're trying to, to figure out a way or that would have been a way to maybe get a quarterback next year in the first round mm-hmm. but when they clearly didn't work on to get it, uh, you know, what they wanted. Then it became, let's give him, you know, uh, he's like a top. If you were to take, OK, what guys are making average in top top 10 or yeah. per year? You know, he's uh, he's like uh, number eight with with Von Miller, who's making 20 million mm-hmm. average a year. Um, you know, the TJ, the edge among edge rushers, T, the TJ Watts, you know, he's 28 million. Um, uh, the Bosa from, uh, I think it's the one <laughs> with the Chargers, 27 million, <laughs> Miles Garrett, 25. So, you know, Daniil gets, gets happy for this year and then he's, uh, you know, going to have a big year and, and then he'll, he'll get paid even more next year if, if he does. Right. Yes. His mentality is if I'm, you know, cause he, he was looking at 4.9 million base for this year. Wow. I would take. I would certainly take that to to do um, this podcast. Uh, Daniil would not take that to do uh, to be one of the elite pass rushers in the league. So, you know, he misses 2020. He's, he missed plays only six games in 2021. Didn't look real comfortable last year, even though he had 10 and a half sacks. Uh, and now he's getting 20 million dollars, 17 of it guaranteed. So, uh, Daniil is going to be a very happy man on the practice field today. Um, I think you got to renegotiate with Mike Woldem, our producer, uh, because I'm getting that's the kind of contract I got, Mike Mark. Well, yeah, I, I'll take four. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll, right. I'll give a hometown discount. discount. You, should, <laughs> you should hold out for more. You should be tougher than. Um, okay, that's from Neil's or the Neil's perspective. What about the Vikings? You said they were kind of looking. I mean, you were you were speculating they were looking to maybe listening to trades and and trying to find a, a another way out of this they couldn't get it to, that done where are they are are they happy with this they you know for this season yeah probably but uh looking forward where do you think they are and and uh what does this do to their plans um well this, know, is, a, this is go ahead this is what they, they want i mean this is i think you know you look at the you look at the trade option just because you think well okay i know jeff put a um, a deadline of like two weeks before the season uh, and he knows a hell of a lot more than I do, but that to me sounded. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy that I'd be happier that I'm happier that he's here. If I'm a Vikings fan, that he's here now. Not that he's going to be, you know, like grinding and beating the crap out of himself in uh, practice. But I think it's you know, he didn't do anything in the off season as far as with the, with the Vikings. Now we know Daniil is going to look like a super a larger version of superman when he gets out there today that's just who he is mm-hmm. uh, so it's not like he's going to be out of shape but you know i still believe there's some value in 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 the contact and a little, little bit of contact and, and just kind of kicking some rust off and also learning this new system you know live and on the field so i thought that that was a little late to be like setting a deadline for him to get on the field just because it is a new defensive coordinator so it's uh, this is what they wanted i think you know, now you get him uh, through these two joint practices that they're going to have, and uh, but you still take it, you know, take it easy on him, ease him in. Uh, don't certainly doesn't not going to play in the preseason games, but uh, this is what they wanted, and I think that looking for trades or trade partners or whatever was what do you do if all of a sudden Daniel won't sign and it is a week before the season or or whatever, then then you have to at some point you got to get some something out of this. They should have uh, – Daniel should have gone the, the uh, Brett Favre route and 
uh, held out for most of training camp and then came in on a helicopter or some dang thing, you know, especially all that heat out there. But anyway, uh, some other news that happened out at camp last week was uh, old Kirk Cousins uh, gave an inspirational speech to his charges there. Uh, Mark, you were you out there for that or have people talked about it? What what was that all about and why was everybody so well, yeah, I mean, the quarterback talks to team is not, uh, you know, man or man bites dog headline, but it sort of became that, I guess. Um, yeah, just of what I think, I think uh, Daniels, Matt Daniels might have mentioned it, or or maybe it was um, Flores, but they said, you know, they, they talked to the team. And uh, originally, Kirk was going to go and talk to the offense, and he went to uh, O'Connell and said, hey, I want to talk to some. And he set aside some time and O'Connell said, no, you're going to talk to the whole team. So um, he did. And it was, you know, I couldn't, get, we couldn't get anyone to say that he, that he botched it or he blew it or, you know, that guy's a stiff. So everyone seemed to be happy with it, Joe. He gave a great speech. Well, did he basically just go up to all the guys and say, Hey, you guys should check out this Netflix series called the quarterback, you know, and, and watch the first three episodes and see me get drilled. Let's do something about that this year. Is that what he was talking about? You know, I, I think, we, you know, we joke about the, the Netflix series, I think, but I, I think that it did, you know, at least to me, I feel, and maybe, and, and what I can sense from players talking, um, it, it helps Kirk Cousins. It helps his, uh, I don't know his his reputation. Maybe I, I don't know. Like last he was a little bit looser last year with the players. Obviously the Kirko chains and everything. Yeah, they seem to get a kick out of it. I think guys respect him now or started to last year, in that he is who he is. He wears his cold shirts. He, he's he's the he's the nerdy dad <laughs> stuff like that, and he doesn't seem to care that anyone makes fun of him. Uh, but I think the Netflix series also. Uh, and some of the players know this because they they they're, they're working alongside him, but. I don't know, it just gives him a better reputation, more more cred, I guess, credibility. Um, so I, I feel like maybe it street does help him. Street you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it helps. It's just, um, you know, the punishment, the, the how much he works, um, how much it really means to him. Because I, like I think I said last week, last year, the Netflix series for me did a couple of things. One thing it did was it tells you, uh, like, that not everybody's going to be like Kirk Cousins. It's not going to matter to them as much as Kirk Cousins. I looked at Marcus Mariota and I didn't get that sense that it was as important to him as it is to Kirk Cousins. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've said it on this podcast before. I think he really came out of it looking good. And there's a, a you know, a new sense uh, about Kirk that, you know, we can take a different look and we saw a different side and, and, and saw who he was underneath the helm, underneath the foam rubber thing that uh, they have in their heads, uh, you know, so I, it can only help him. And, you know, if it helps him with his teammates even better, it becomes more of a leader. And, and uh, maybe, uh, maybe those guys are, are charging in harder come, come September when they're, when they're trying to protect him or trying to win for him. Yeah. And also you got to look at who just what left this team in the off season, as far as the presence. Great point. Adam Thielen, uh, Patrick Peterson, even though Peterson was here two years, he was a team leader. Eric Kendricks uh, yeah. really became a, uh, a more of a vocal leader on this team uh, during the whole George Floyd uh, situation and him responding to it, him and, and Anthony Barr and you know taking the league to task and uh, their reaction to it, initial reaction to it. Um, 
So, yeah. Perhaps that's what they're doing out there. Maybe KOC is saying, hey, I need you to step up as a leader. And Kirk never felt he had that, you know, that that opening to do that when he was with Zimmer because his whole relationship there was kind of uh, 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 disjointed. So maybe maybe KOC wants him to take over. Kirk now feels comfor- more comfortable doing it. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, and I also give Kirk credit because, um, you know, while, while you know, Zimmer certainly didn't view him as a leader and let's just be frank, he probably resented it because it what it did to his defense salary cap-wise, um, you know, the, the Vikings still didn't put their money where their miles are, you know, so Kirk, I give Kirk credit for kind of ignoring that part about it. You know, you can say all you want, but in the, in the end, they basically, you know, did not extend him. Um, so they're, they're taking a kind of a wait and see approach. Uh, even so I give him credit for still, you know, compartmentalizing and, you know, being the team leader and doing that stuff and, staying you know laser focused on what he needs to do when this is hanging over him again you know so but like yeah. like Jeff said last he's put like basically he's playing with house money i mean a lot of house money so he's gonna get paid um uh, but still you know some some guys would be hey you know i mean look at aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh, that always been was a you know contract and the money was always a sticking point and with the green bay and he gets to you know, we're going to talk about him later, but gets yeah. to the Jets and, you know, he takes pay cuts and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's interesting. Well, uh, given that, we talked about the two biggest stories right now. So I got to uh, take a break and wash down some Medora dust out here. It's dusty out in the out, out west. Um, and we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the, the, the battles going on at training camp, some of the stuff Mark's seen while he's out there. So uh, take a break and come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast. I'm here with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark's been out at uh, camp uh, since the start of camp, checking out what's going on, sweltering in the heat. And uh, there's some there's some stuff going on out there. We've seen a little bit of it sneak out on on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. Uh, I have anyway, but uh, uh, as, as suspected, there's a, there's a cornerback uh, battle going on and Mark, can, can you give us an up, update? Who's making the moves? What uh, is, what's going on there? Yeah. The fans were allowed in on Saturday is the first day. So uh, obviously anytime Justin Jefferson touches the ball, it's the crowd goes crazy. So I was kind of laughing. Um, there was a play deep ball. He had a cut cup, a couple of deep balls on, um, the Saturday. Yeah. I got getting, I was losing track of all my days it was Saturday. So heat stroke Mark. It's heat stroke. Yeah. The second one, he cut, he, he goes past booth and, and, uh, Evans is coming over. So he's out, he's running past the two corners that you're praying, you know, this, this, <laughs> we need, they need these, these two guys among others to be, you know, at the top of their game. So, here comes Justin Jefferson flying past him. Kirk Cousin hits him in stride for a touchdown, does the gritty, and then fans go crazy. And the first time I, I looked at, I turned to Judd Zolga and said, you know, Judd, we get, you got to write about the corners that just gave that up, you know, because nobody's paying any attention to that. But um, overall, I would say, you know, that's going to happen, obviously, Justin yeah. Jefferson. But um, the fact that um, that Booth is on the field yes. is a good thing, uh, that he stayed on the field for – however many days, Tuesday or Wednesday, 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, and he's and apparently that he doesn't have an injury, so he should be there today. First day in pads is today, uh, so that's good to see him. He, yeah, he's moving well. He, you know, he looks like a higher draft pick. Hope he stays healthy. Uh, Evans, I, I still like Evans as a, he just looks like a better, more confident player to me. Uh, Murphy is he playing in bubble wrap, especially on his head, having a double wide uh, helmet cushion on top. Well, of his. They should have him uh, saying. You want to get rid of head injuries? Take the helmets off, or take the face mask off. Right. Uh, nobody will be hitting, uh, hitting, leading with their head anymore. Um, but the guy that the guy that's jumped out, and the guy that I, I think I've mentioned before on here was the one that you know physically jumps out is uh, Joan Williams, um, the guy that came from the Patriots who didn't play last year because of a shoulder injury. He is just a. He makes Xavier Rhodes look not small, but medium, I guess. Uh, he's a he's a he's a large corner that takes up a lot of space, which as you're you know when you're down on the field and you see it, I mean, uh, just uh, those guys have a way of cutting off angles or or mm-hmm. being strong at the line, you know, being able to hold guys uh, in the the minimal amount of contact that they're allowed to have in this league, uh, rerouting guys. So you see him working as the number three corner, which um, you know I. I if he can, if he can stay healthy, and he's, uh, you know, I, I I feel like he's got the, he's got what it takes to to bring something that maybe we're not you know, like a dark horse thing that we're not expecting at, at that position, because so far it's always been Murphy, Evans, Booth. Uh, this guy has a potential, I think, to really help this team, and also you're seeing, um, you know, with uh, so, some of the exotic uh, different defenses. Three safeties with Metellus coming in, you mm-hmm. know, um, almost playing a linebacker slash slot guy. Uh, so it, I think we're going to be seeing, you know, some of these guys like the Metellus scene, hopefully. Hey, um, Mark, Mark, can, these guys, uh, you said Joan is is a big size. Can he run? Is he is he fast? Can he cover? Well, I mean, if he wasn't fast, it would wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, you could yeah. be. You could put Daniel out on corner and be, be the, the biggest corner ever, but you know he, he's six three, so that is, wow. and he's you know obviously the long arms and everything. Uh, you don't don't see corners. Uh, you know Xavier was a was a big corner, um, and you just don't you know the boy, you know and, and obviously Antoine Winfield is at the other end. He was a small corner, uh, but they both got the job done. Uh, but if you can do that, it just seems like it would help so much more. <laughs> they could have that guy step it up because, you know, uh, it's just a huge question mark there. It's like, it's not, I'm not going to say it's a weakness because if these guys all, you know, pan out, there's just no proven guy there, you know, which has been, it's been good to kind of watch in camp for what, what we can get out of this to watch in camp, watch that position. Are you, are you seeing them, you know, making plays against people like Jefferson and, and maybe Addison? I mean, are, are they keeping with them? I mean, certainly JJ is going to get his, and and he has. I saw another play on Twitter where he caught he he high pointed a, a pass, did a twisting catch, and then fell into the end zone. I mean, uh, the guy's a phenomenal talent, but and but is he are these guys making plays on him at all? And 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 the other guys that that, that give you. Give you give give us hope that uh, they can play the position. Well, on Saturday, yeah, Booth had an interception on Saturday. Um, yeah, I, I think the defense. I mean, uh, there was that. Well, you know, it's not like Sid Hartman throw out those two long touchdowns and the defense played well. <laughs> um, but 
they had some play. Booth had an interception. Scene had a really good, uh, you know, jump, had a nice jump and, and a diving interception. So, yeah, I think that uh, there's life on the defense. There's, uh, they're, they're young. They're going to be fast. Uh, you just got to hope that Flores, you know, <laughs> has them running in the right direction and that it's not too complicated for them. I, I, uh, if I, I would make you commit at this point, you don't, you know, not nobody's holding it to you, but what would you say based on what you've seen as far as playing time and what you've seen as far as, you know, how they're performing, what would be your, uh, your starting corners and, uh, you know, your three uh, starting corners for the season? Well, I, you know, I think, I mean, <laughs> they haven't even been in pads, uh, but, well, so come on, Mark. You know, that's what you get paid them four million dollars. Like Murphy, Evans, and uh, and Williams, but I think Booth. I mean, Booth is a guy that needs to be in there somewhere. So, um, there, there, one thing that uh, Flores did say that I, you know, wasn't just coach speak is that it's a competition. I mean, they're they're, you know, I think them having this is a really good year to have not only have one but two joint practices because you're going to. Mm-hmm. That's where you're really going to be, I think, be able to evaluate your corners. Um, also, you know, practicing against Jefferson is a good thing. I mean, if you're going to get burned, yeah. you know, you're, this is a guy who's an excellent route runner. He's His confidence is as high as anybody in the league or higher. Uh, he's one of the best talents in the league. He's the, probably the best talent in the league. Uh, you have him overrated going back to our, you know, offseason stuff. But, you know, he's pretty good. I'm starting though. to change that. I'm starting to change that. We're getting closer to the season, so I'm – I'm starting. I'm starting to uh, to change everywhere I look. He's he's ranked number one in fantasy football. So I, I guess you know. Yeah, I don't know if I get that. He's, he's never really been a big touchdown guy, right? He's kind of. Yeah, that's true. I think this year it will happen though. But uh, I mean, it's all relative. He's typically seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Maybe a tis or ten one year. Well, you know that Adam Thielen last year. All I know is we're talking about all the records that he's shattering of Randy's. I know there's some uh, – he hasn't been in the end zone as many times as Randy's been. That's true, yeah. Um, so so are you saying that, you know, when, when you talk about the cornerbacks, that they got a little depth maybe? I mean, you know, maybe there's not these, these solid lock them in, those are our guy corners, but maybe they're all decent enough that they should get on the field and, and there is some depth there. Well, I mean, it's it, – we don't even know if they have starters right now. So it's a little too early to be saying they have depth. Oh, come on, man. I still, I, you know, I, I keep like thinking maybe there's going to, you know, at some point there's going to be a corner come in the building to, uh, to like a Marcus, like one of these veteran corners that come in, but uh, they seem to be pretty you know, locked in on, on, they've got, you know, at least three corners there. It's just a matter of who it is. Um, I think, uh, from what I can see, very early, but uh, Joe Juan looks—he looks like there's potential there, and certainly if Booth can stay healthy, I mean, and Evans, if his concussions don't resurface or anything like that, there's talent there. It's just, uh, boy, it, it's a big question mark. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it it's it's good to see him out in the field and it, along with them, good to see Lewis seen out in the field after his uh, devastating leg injury from last year. Uh, it sounds like he's, he's in action playing, playing the whole practices and everything. And, and like I said, he had that diving interception. 
uh, a couple days ago. Um, what do you think? What do you see from him? Do you think he's going to make the step mentally? Because he was only special teams last year, and that's where he got injured. He never really broke into to the starting or the starting lineup because they they kept kind of saying, "Well, he's not ready with up with the scheme." But you know, and here's a new scheme he's got to get to. Maybe, maybe where, where do you see him? And and do you see him uh, getting a lot of action this year? Well. I think he'll get action, but if I had to guess right now, I could see it in maybe these where they have three safeties on the field because maybe he becomes like a almost a linebacker slash safety. Uh, you know, it, a lot of it depends on on his ability to you know to to understand the defense. And you know, before his injury, that the you know it was disappointing to me that here's number one draft pick uh, that they trade you know made a significant trade to get who was not who couldn't beat out Cam Bynum, right? Didn't understand the defense well enough to get on the field. Um, I don't think it's time to be, to be alarmed because the, you know, the guy next to Bynum is, you know, 34 years old, Harrison Smith. So he's at the tail end of his career. So, you know, say Harrison plays this year and seen as a starter next year, uh, you know, that would not be a bad thing to have happen. Um, but I think you know you want you want to see some a talent like that on the field in some way, shape, or form, and whether it's the uh, sub packages on defense or whatever. But you know, Bynum um, is a guy that's not going to just move off of that spot. I mean, he right. proved last year he wasn't just going to be a wasn't just going to accept being a placeholder for the number one pick. So uh, you got to beat the guy out first. Do you think is uh, the kind of guy that says, "Hey"? We got to get this number one pick on the field. You're making me look bad. So you know we're going to play him whether he's ready or not. Uh, Thank you to that point. Then the kumbayas are are uh, it's over. <laughs> you know I I don't I just don't think uh, that he he would overstep his bounds to that degree. But uh, you know there, there's discussions. Uh, not for those you know it could be what he wants. I, I don't know. It's it's it, it's always been the intriguing question of, you know, you, the guy picking the players, the guy using the players and whenever, you know, at some point, unless they, you know, uh, win a bunch of Super Bowls, there's going to be a break there. What do you mean? If, I mean, when, yeah. When? So well, you're already upset. Cause it, you know, if you win the Super Bowl, you're going to lose Flores. You won't be able to afford Daniel or Kirk. So you, you, know, you don't want to just one before I die, baby. Yeah, but then then the whole team will be broken up, Joe. So you know, don't you want to just keep, you know, status quo? Well, yeah. Um, well, then 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 uh, Kirk will stick around. He'll be able to stay because he he uh, he's going to be a, a free agent next year, right? His contract is his is gone. If uh, if he's got a if he's touting around a Super Bowl trophy or he got a ring on his finger, well, hey. Or maybe all- they win, you know here they win the Super Bowl. Kirk throws five interceptions and the defense. It's like a 54-53 win or something. The defense looks bad. Kirk looks bad. But somehow they get it done. Then everyone comes back, Joe. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about uh, multiple Super Bowl, Super Bowl victories for the Vikings. Uh, the dehydration out here in the desert must be getting to me. i got to hydrate, so we need to take a break, Mark, and we'll come back. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune has been 
been at camp. He loves it out there. He can't wait to get back out. He wants this thing to end so he can go back to training camp and see what's going on. But, uh, Mark, uh, we talked about all the, the big uh, news and some of the battles going on, but, uh, you know, there's also some guys that aren't playing either due to injury or what have you. Can you, can you run us down what, uh, what's going on with the Vikings injury report out at TCL? Yeah, I mean, Brian O'Neill, uh, the good news is he didn't start the season on PUP. He, you know, coming off the Achilles that uh, cost him, the, couldn't didn't play in the playoff game. Um, O'Connell said that, you know, it's not, uh, they're just kind of being careful with him. But, you know, the longer you see uh, Udo at right tackle and not Brian O'Neill, you know, the, the longer, the, the worse it gets. Uh, but uh, take him at their word that O'Neill, because you see him working on the sideline, so it's not like he's, He's often because it used to be when you didn't see guys. Or, okay, they're they're in Denver getting a sports hernia checked out or something. Yeah. Uh, so so he's there. He's working. Um, so I would imagine you know I'll take him at their word that you know, there's no sense in having Brian O'Neill out there this this part of the year. Um, uh, Jalen Naylor hurt his leg at some point. Uh, doesn't appear to be serious, but uh, you know when you get those leg injuries early in camp, you know it could linger. So that's not good for him because. Do they got they got plenty of depth at the uh, wide receiver position without him though, don't they? Well, they got yeah. I mean, it's bad for him. You know, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Each day that you're not out there is uh, kind of it hurts whenever you're trying to make the team. And then Andre Carter is that uh, undrafted edge rusher that they gave like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is crazy money for a undrafted guy. Some some of these undrafted guys. I did a story about this last year on two edge rushers they gave lots of money to. Um, these guys are getting some of these guys are getting so much more money. They're getting more money you know, as an undrafted guy than they than the guarantees for the guys in the sixth, sixth, seventh, and sometimes fifth right. rounds. So um, he's on PUP. He's got some sort of leg injury. He doesn't appear to be serious. Um, and that that's it as far as the injuries. They you know they you know they haven't done a lot, but they've been uh, you know pretty healthy. And this is this is a team that. Uh, as much as we tease them for bragging about their their program and their culture and everything, or at least I do, um, <laughs> they, they they do stay pretty healthy and uh, they do take care of their players and they do figure out ways to go to London and come back and win the next week and stuff like that. So uh, they do do a pretty good job with that. What what, what about those? Uh bubble wraps on the top of their head. I mean, that's something kind of new this year that they're doing is, is it, who, is everybody wearing one of those and what, what are they designed to do? Well, I think they were new last year. If you're old enough to remember the Flintstones, the end of the Flintstones, when the Flintstones were jumping the shark, you know, and uh, the great <laughs> kazoo, the, yep. uh, if they could just make it, you know, make them green, you know, Green wouldn't go over well here, but maybe the Packers have them green, you know. Antennas coming out of them. Uh, it's it's the inline guys. It's like linemen, uh, tight ends. It appears that like receivers don't have to wear them. Quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't remember seeing on Justin. He probably has it in his contract that he can't look that goofy. Uh, yeah. So they, they um, and they're designed to not uh, to protect the head, Joe. If if, if uh, if you weren't aware of that, I, I, I was, but I mean, I, are are they effective? Do you think? I mean, you know, there's a giant cushion on top of a helmet, uh, so I would imagine it it works. 
you know, I, I could see the offense, you know, the offensive lineman, uh, you know, back yeah. even whenever, whenever the league, when the league went you know, to basically not practicing, you know, not having any contact or tackling or anything like that. Um, you know, the linemen still were getting, you know, a lot of contact, you know, even in non-contact drills, linemen are still hitting the hitting heads. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a good thing for as goofy as it is to see, I think for the linemen not be doing that is probably a good thing. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that's all they do all day long is bang into somebody. So, um, well, there's a couple guys that you pointed out to me that are kind of flying under the radar that uh, <clears throat> may be making some waves at camp. I wonder if you talk about them. First of all, is Ivan Pace, uh, as you described, a five ten bowling ball from Cincinnati, He's playing uh, kind of kind of getting a lot of run as the fourth inside linebacker rather than Troy Dye. What do you know there? Well, he just strikes me as a, as a, the type of undrafted guy that t- tends to make this team almost every year throughout the league. But you know, th- this team has a pretty rich tradition going through multiple coaching staffs of undrafted guys that uh, yeah. you know, make the team and, and become, you know, really good players. And, uh, He's he's one of those. He's five ten. He was. You know, I, I remember Cincinnati watching some games. And he, he did get a lot of pre-draft hype, uh, but no mm-hmm. no take a chance on him because he's only five ten. Um, but I think he was. Uh, you know, Pro Football Focus might have rated him the top inside linebacker in the in the country. Uh, I think he led the country in tackles for loss at inside linebacker. Um, just you see him, you look up and you see 40, you know, you see him moving around, you see him in, in there a lot, getting involved. And, you know, there's only going to probably, there's only four inside linebackers that make it. Asamoah is going to make it. Uh, Hicks is going to make it. The Troy Reader, I would assume, the guy that they got from the Chargers who used to be with the Rams, um, spent three years with the Rams and won a, you know, helped, helped him win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would assume he's going to make it. And then that fourth guy that comes is a Troy Dye, who's got some experience here. Or do you look at, you know, this Ivan Pace? And uh, his it's funny because the, they have two guys, two inside linebackers from Cincinnati. One's uh, this 5'10 Pace guy, and the other guy's 6'4", looks like a, you know, like as big as Brian Urlacher. Uh, Wilson Huber. So uh, kind of an interesting mix of teammates that they got from Cincinnati as undrafted guys. But I – Pace is kind of a, and again, it's it's early. They haven't done a whole lot, but kind of that guy you look up and you find yourself looking down and saying, you know, who's forty? Uh, feel like a, he's a good football player, and b, you know, everybody always likes to say that they doubted me. That they say I can't do it. Well, this guy's got a point because nobody really does think he can do it. And mm-hmm. I think when you get those guys like that, uh, you know, they can do a lot with their what's between their ears and how determined they are. Nice. I just made an illusion that probably only you and I will remember or uh, understand Mutt and Jeff. You know, that's a, that's even yeah, before my believe that. Yeah. I, you know, if, if we were to write that, they would probably need to have an, an explanation like a sentence, <laughs> you know, Mutt and Jeff was a cartoon and not before our time. Right. Yeah. Well, good. At least you got it. The other guy you want to talk about was rookie nose tackle. Jacqueline, I don't even know how to say his first name, Roy, uh, fifth rounder uh, that's making waves uh, out there. Uh, what what are you seeing from him? And and for, as far as I'm concerned, that's really good news. 
Yeah, I mean, I, he's another guy that, um, you know, they didn't invest a lot in him, but a fifth-round pick uh, to, to bring him in. Uh, it's not like their nose tackle. He's going to be he's gonna be a nose, and he probably could have a little bit of uh, elusiveness to play, you know, one of the end spots uh, in the three-man front. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're, the guy that's going to get the first look at is, is Tonga. Can't really pronounce mm-hmm. his first name, but uh, it's, it's Tonga. That, but he's only had two starts, I think, in his career. I think he had well four. He had two with the Vikings um, last year, and then he was a late round draft pick, seventh round, I believe, for the Bears. Maybe had two starts for them in 2021. Um, so there's not there's an opportunity there for uh, this guy uh, to. Because I think he has, he's quicker. He's, he's quicker. If he only, only thing about him is, is he strong enough if they start double teaming him? Um, can he hold up as a rookie day three mm-hmm. pick in the NFL? But I, I just like his his movement, his quickness, and I feel like you know they don't really have that that lineman that can you know penetrate the gap and cause some problems that way. And he might yeah. be that guy that could do it. Yeah, you know that that's good news to hear because I know you've been. Uh, You've been questioning the the whole offseason here uh, about the interior defensive line. I mean, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson to free agency, and um, they never really uh, replaced him. I, I guess they they brought in uh, the guy from who's the guy from the Saints that they brought in. They brought uh, Lowry in from Green Bay. You know, the, you know, so so Dean Dean Lowry is a, is a steady guy from Green Bay. Um, doesn't have a lot of pressures or or sacks in his career, but the guy doesn't miss any games. Um, you know, I think you know, he's a steady player. Uh, Harrison Phillips, uh, I think just wasn't, he had a foot injury last year. I think it kind of lingered. Um, I expected more out of him, but you know, maybe he, you know, he, he looks pretty, you know, pretty spry. And uh, I know that um, in the spring he was missing some time and that from the mm-hmm. off season workouts. Uh, but, you know, I see him out there moving pretty, pretty well. He's a guy that can play on the nose and also play one of the end spots. Um, so I expect more from him this year. Uh, so maybe they do. Uh, you know, to me, it's uh, and I described it in the paper this way when we did our position previews. It's they don't have anybody. They don't have a talent that just jumps out at you. But that doesn't mean they don't have enough to get the job done. You just have to see it, and uh, and guys have to play well. Harrison yeah. Phillips has got to play better than he did last year. It'll definitely be a, a, a position to watch as we go through camp to see who's going to land in the starting lineup and, and what they got there behind them. So, it, you know, it's pretty important, just like they all are on, on, on the defense this year. <clears throat> well, the Vikings aren't the only team in training camp right now. They are, in fact, they all are. And, there's, of course, there's only about one that we really hear about on a regular basis. And, it, you know, funny, there seems to be a certain quarterback that's uh, making news um, – <laughs> across the wire uh and he's he's in green again but he's just a lot farther away and that's Aaron Rodgers out in uh out in New York uh earlier last week uh, Sean Payton the head coach of the Denver Broncos came out and just kind of roasted the Broncos and how, what they had done last year and I think his name's Matthew Hackett was the head coach out there he used to be uh Rodgers uh quarterbacks coach in your, or offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach in Green Bay, and it's now on the staff in New York. And so Rodgers, <laughs> Rodgers came on, told Sean Payton through the news to keep uh, his coach's name out of his mouth. 
you know, that's that's old Aaron. He's just doing stuff to to make news no matter where he goes. I don't know if he tries, probably does, but uh, he does it nonetheless. So especially in New York. What do you, what do you think? Well, that was a, that also was a tip of the cap to uh, you know Will Smith. I think if if Aaron could have could have smashed yeah. Tom Payton across the mouth, he would have done it. Um, you know what Payton did was as as vicious a verbal attack as I can remember a coach giving right. another you know another in the modern era, like you know as I say like modern era, the two thousands. I don't I don't remember. I'm trying to. You know, yeah. back it's not quite like Buddy Ryan punching uh, Kevin Gilbride <laughs> on the sideline of the Oilers game, something like that. Um, but <clears throat> wow, I mean, he said it was uh, last year was uh, one of the worst uh, coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. He, probably right, <laughs> I would assume, because it only lasted 15 games. Right. Uh, but you just don't hear stuff like that, and you know that's and and Sean Payton is, you know. Uh, he, he likes Sean Payton. Let's put it that way. Oh yes. Uh, but I think what Aaron Rodgers did was um, I admire what he did. He, he he stuck up for Nathaniel Hackett, and um, that's it, Nathaniel. And uh, so I think what he say uh, something he, you know, and he, he did it sort of in a uh, I think a tasteful way, which is not always the case with Aaron. Whenever Aaron's talking. Right. But he said something about you know he, he disappointed to see that a guy who's done so much in this league. Um, have to feel he has to put someone else down in order to build himself and, and his team up. Ooh, well done. He's only yeah. setting himself up for failure, you know. And he, he also added the point where he said, "And setting himself up for failure if it doesn't work." So I mean, I mean, what he set out to do, what Sean Payton set out to do was, was basically present that that uh, Russell Wilson is still a good quarterback. He's still Russell Wilson. Uh, and the reason he wasn't Russell Wilson is because of this other guy who failed. Uh, he just took it to a crazy level. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 Jared Bell was right and for USA Today had that interview, and I, I'm trying to think of how, how quickly Jared Bell wanted to write that story because that, those are the ones we are like, oh, my God, this is on the record. This is right. in, the, in the era of podiums and everything being whitewashed brushed and presented to us in little fine little you know uh, hermetically sealed mayonnaise jars uh you you live for something like that and uh boy it peyton really uh set the league on uh, on fire with that one and aaron Rodgers responded scorched earth out there in denver yeah oh, there's no love lost here for sean peyton in minnesota although i'm in north dakota and there's probably not any here so uh would love to see that um quotes backfire on him and just uh have another bad season in in uh, in Denver. So I, I just you know that's that's kind of classless if you ask me. And then meanwhile, uh, you know uh, they also hosted uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, yep. You know, for a practice out there, so I think I think Dalvin's people probably have something going between the Jets and the Dolphins trying to get them to to bid. Uh, like the Vikings were hoping to do at one point, maybe they you know try to get them to bid against each other, and and when they were still hoping to trade him. Uh, but like a lot of running backs, Dalvin is not going to make what Dalvin thinks Dalvin's worth. And he's he's got a birthday. It's always bad when you're a running back and you have a birthday in training camp because everyone has <laughs> to be paying more attention. And it's like uh, last year when he turned 27, uh, the Vikings sent out something. Happy birthday, Dalvin. I'm like, he's a running back. I don't think he wants to be reminded of his running, of his, uh, right. of his right. age. 
So, you know, he's going to that play. It be certainly would be interesting to see him and, and Aaron Rodgers paired together. Absolutely. Um, also, if you go down in Miami and and, Aaron, and uh, Dalvin Cook and Tyreek Hill and and all the things they got going, Waddle, all the things they got going down there, that would be fun to watch too. So, yeah, it's with them being in the same division and the Patriots kind of you know, finishing second or third now every year. Yeah, that's a tuggy. There's a tug of war going on. So I'm, that one's probably milking that to the to the extreme. You know, uh, uh, whoever signs them better have a, a short short yardage running back, right, to come in and pound those uh, first downs and those touchdowns because that's not what Dalvin did here, right? Or or not be an analytics guy and uh, already have it factored in what he's going to do at 28 years old. But yeah, that that yeah. to me, where that that's what it's. I mean, if Dalvin goes on and you know, it won't take Dalvin long uh, to make people miss him. But right now, I think Vikings fans um, uh, are, are, you know, smart in like maybe focusing on, at least I think that what they are, focus on the, the fact that this team made, made a, a dedication to to winning those third and one, third and two, uh, first and goal yeah. at, the, at the one, uh, because they were the worst. Uh, I saw the stat somewhere. You know, worst in the league at winning those, um, like fifty-four percent of the time or something in those short yardage situations, and um, I believe it because it, there's way too many times where last year where you're like, man, and that's not all Dalvin. That's offensive line, no blocking tight end at the time. Uh, but you know, I think Madison runs with a little, little more punch, a little bit bigger. Uh, so for now, it, it, and for what they were paying Dalvin. You hate to see, hate to lose a talent, a home run talent like that, but that's a, that's a thing that had to be had to be done. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, you mentioned uh, going to New York with Rodgers. I could see Dalvin flourishing there. I mean, you'd probably get the ball thrown to him out of the backfield a little bit more, and when you put Dalvin in space, he can go, and that's what we all hoped for last year, but we didn't see here. Um, so I, 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 you know, go two ways of that. Cause I, I think Dalvin was a great guy while he was here and, and, uh, upstanding dude and played really well and had some exciting, you know, uh, created some excitement for the fans. So you'd love to see him do well, but that means Rogers does well. So I, that's not, that's not good for me, uh, as, as a Vikings guy. Let it go, Joe. He's, he's not in green Bay anymore. That's true, but uh, you, you know. I, anyway, that's besides the point. What I think really is interesting is that they're going to do hard knocks there. So, if, uh, I think regardless with uh, Rodgers and everything else going on, they just got his two receivers on the field this week: Randall Cobb and uh, Lazard, I believe it was. Is that the two that uh, signed with yeah. the Jets? So, so he he'll have a cam with them, and like you had mentioned to me, he he took a, a cut in salary, didn't he? Uh, Rodgers did, which is stuff that he wouldn't do here. All right, not here, but in Green Bay. Uh, so are we seeing a different Aaron Rodgers, or, or what's going on there? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, again, you know, Aaron's made a lot of money, and uh, I think the big, big news to come out of that was kind of, you know, not, not that he's guaranteed going to play two years, but took a two-year deal, uh, gave some money back to – I don't know what it does for him right now, but, but maybe, maybe that's – to, well, I know it doesn't. Maybe that's that's part of the Dalvin uh, domino to fall. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think you know, even though he's got it, he's got his 
because each of them have their trophy. All right, each of them have their Lombardi trophy. The the Jets have one that's been since 1969, and Aaron Rodgers has one that's been a what 2010. So uh, each of them want to win another one. So um, that's where they are. I, I don't know. I the when the when the Buccaneers got Tom Brady first. While Tom Brady, uh, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, now, Tom Brady's a little more experienced at winning trophies, and the Bucks were more set up. And literally, one piece is all they needed, and they got the best piece ever, and they won the Super Bowl right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then you know, obviously, uh, Matthew Stafford goes out to to the Rams, and they win the Super Bowl. So that's what the Jets are counting on. But I just don't see the Jets, although their defense is it's certainly playoff worthy so i I, you know an afc it's just there's just so much depth and and good great teams in the in the afc so it's going to be hard to get past a buffalo let alone kansas city and then to get to the super bowl but this gives them a shot yeah rogers does and and i'll say i've never watched hard knocks other than about 10 minutes of it but i i'll watch this one because i have rds with which is rogers derangement syndrome so i have to to watch a little bit just to see how annoying and cloying that dude is in in new york and see see what the new york media may do with him but uh should be interesting to watch uh um i think that'll do it for this week mark we got uh we had plenty of camp news and we'll have more coming in the next week as we we uh, come back and talk about this again stay cool out there at tco mark and i'll stay cool out here in the desert i don't know which one's hotter here me here in medora or you back at uh, tco well, yeah you, know, you you just go play golf joe and the rest of us will go to tco and, and watch the, <laughs> watch football okay yes hopefully i'll be uh, we'll be able to talk about a round like you had when you went and played golf in cleveland a couple weeks ago that's good um anyway thanks mark thanks for your insight uh thanks mike Walden behind the scenes for for putting it together uh thanks everybody for tuning in and uh thanks for joe johnson who created the websites here and uh put us on the air so uh until next week when we'll do it again thanks thanks y'all and skull skull